0: All right, we're live on my end. All right, so let's begin this. Good morning, everybody. Uh, This is the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast. I'm your host, Sean Dustin, and you are joining us for Saturday Morning Perspectives. Whoa, where'd my boy Thomas go? And my co host uh, for the Saturday Morning Perspectives is uh, Thomas Freeman. And this morning we're going to be talking about we're going to start with uh, let me get off of Catherine Austin Fitz here. We are going to start with the California floods of 1862. They actually started the rain in 1861, late in 1861, and then carried over into January of 1862 when that's when the flood actually occurred. But the buildup to it we're gonna we're gonna dive into because i think that we are very close in the storms that we're having right now to repeating that pattern uh that happened that caused that flood back then and so i'm going to read some of the history if you're watching on uh, instagram live um this is something that i've started doing um it's called saturday morning perspectives and i talk about a lot a bunch of different things sometimes uh, events that have happened during the uh, week. other times stuff that I I just sort of like huh I want to take a little bit harder look at that and I have my buddy Thomas oh, there he is and he's back. Let me get him back into the stream here. Yeah my buddy Thomas joins me and uh, we talk about stuff you know we'll we'll review a, uh, a clip or an article or something and then we'll uh, we'll talk a little bit about it and give our perspectives on it and so we're going to dive into that and then we're also going to talk about central bank digital currencies <clears throat> and how they're going to affect you if they're implemented and then a woman by the name of Catherine Austin Fitz she is kind of on the on the forefront of this uh, being against it and the reasons why and so we're going to we're going to dive a little bit into her and then also Whitney Webb who is another uh, researcher and she deep dives into all kinds of stuff. She has a two volume book that she just released called one nation under blackmail, which deep dives into the Jeffrey Epstein and then how the, you know, organized crime and the governments are kind of uh, how they go hand in hand. So we're going to dive a little bit into her too. So a great morning uh, plan for you this evening or this morning. Thomas, good morning. How are you? Good, good morning, partner. Good morning. Good morning. Can you hear me? Mm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I can. He's had me
1: a little, little technical difficulties getting set up on my YouTube and all that stuff, but.
0: Yeah. Yep. I, yep, yep. No, I, I hear. I hear you. Four a.m. Seven a.m. It's kind of on a Saturday morning. It's a, a little bit early, but. I think that we got a good show lined up this morning. So. uh I'm starting with my uh my my coffee and uh, my coffee actually has my favorite oil in it, which is uh, THC oil and uh, mm. I infuse THC into my coconut oil and I put it in my coffee on Saturday mornings, which helps me uh, elevate my perspectives right Yeah, no question I mean that's that um
1: same here I don't put it in my coffee I just put it in my lungs partner
0: uh, yeah, when that's how actually that was how <laughs> I started Saturday morning perspectives. It was just one day I was sitting on the I, I woke up before everybody in the morning quite like this on a, on a 4 a.m. And I was just sitting there and I took a bong rip, sat back and just started, you know what I mean? Just started thinking about things and coming up with different perspectives and ideas about things that I've read or or saw or or watched during the week. You know why I think we do that? You know, I've, I've contemplated that sometimes. Like, is it,
1: is it really the effects of, well, yes, it's the effects of, of marijuana, but is it really marijuana that, that makes us think the way that we think when we're under that, that substance? Or is it the fact that marijuana kind of pacifies our emotions, right? To the mm-hmm. point to where it allows us our brain to not give a shit about our bills or not give a shit about work and actually sit here and think about something other than bills and work. And then when mm-hmm. that happens, you're, you're astounded by the f- fact that your brain can actually think
0: about some amazing stuff, you know? No, I would have to agree with you. I think it's the, the slowing down mm-hmm. of things, right? Your mind of of your thoughts and just, being able to zero in on one thing or two things that you're that you've seen that that stood out you know it's usually for me it's it's something that i saw during the week that stood out or something i watched that has me thinking or scratching my head and i'll i'll ponder on it and i'll start just sort of dissecting it in my head and then that usually will will push me to the next uh the next level of that which is okay let me research a little bit more Mm -hmm. and i may be elevated while i'm doing that and i may not be it just depends it depends on how i feel so that's how saturday morning perspectives were born so let's jump (laughs) into this (laughs) i think that's how joe rogan was born probably
1: i mean i i just
0: i I think i think it was really him
1: and his best friend wasn't it that they just started out and they were just chopping it up about what you and i talk about essentially not that we're trying to mimic them but that's that's just how uh i think uh, americans are really looking for that you know i think americans like us man really um i see it a lot on tiktok they're 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 wanting to know the truth and they have nowhere to go to get the truth and i think this is um why we we do well on tiktok and some of these social media platforms because once the viewer finds us um they, they they can relate to us. We're just two American guys giving our opinions on what we see. And I think that both of us value truth, you know, about what's going on in our country more than our emotions or anything else, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree. There's a thirst right now for authenticity and just being yourself mm-hmm. and, and not having the whole, you know, production of, of media <laughs> And, you know, the breaking news, you know, All the time. yeah, breaking this, breaking that. Mm, blah, mm, blah, blah. It's like, shut the fuck up, man. Just like, tell me what, tell me this, the shit and, and don't give me a spin. Just tell me the news. That's what I want. I just want to know the news. I want to know both sides of it. And they can't do that. And that was eliminated back I don't know which 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 one of our fucking previous leaders um, I think when it went mainstream,
1: it. when it went 24 hours, I think is is what the issue was because when you went from just your 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 evening news and and whatnot to a mainstream 24 hour news source, these people have to keep them ratings up constantly. They have mm-hmm. to constantly be having these breaking news. They have to constantly be having people tuned in. How do you do that? You turn you turn news into a discussion. You know? Yep. Then it yep. just turns into opinion. Now all we get from the news
0: is is some Joe Schmo's opinion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Infotainment. <laughs> All right. So let's just dive into this uh, for everybody who's checking this out. All right. Let's go. Floods of 1862 in California. The Great Floods. All right. So let's pull this up. Let's get back into the. uh... Yeah, let me get some articles here. pulled up. All right. So I'm going to read this to y'all. All all right. So you're going to you're going to have to bear with my my uh, sixth grade reading level. So in California, California was hit by a combination of incessant rain, snow, and then unseasonally, unseasonal, unseasonally high temperatures. In Northern California, it snowed heavily during the later, latter part of November and the first few days of December when the temperature rose unusually high until it began to rain. In San Francisco, there were 35 inches of precipitation in December. 1861 to January 1862 for almost 50 for the season. There were four distinct rainy periods. The first occurred December 9th, 1861. The second on December 23rd. The third on January 9th through 12th. And the fourth, January 15th through 17th. The reason why I'm 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 talking about this is because in California right now, we have the same pattern we have the same pattern, all right? We just finished the, the third uh, storm and we're heading right into the, the fourth one, which is supposed to be a, a higher temperature one. So that's why I'm, I'm, I'm talking about this because it's very similar. Um, so the fourth being January 15th through the 17th, Native Americans knew that the Sacramento Valley could become an inland sea when the rains came. their storytellers described water filling the valley from coast range to the sierra that's a big span just if you don't know if you've never been to california you don't know this area that's a huge span of, of of land all right so northern california fort terroir located in klamath glen california was destroyed by the flood in december 1861 and abandoned on june 10 1862 bridges were washed away in trinity and shasta counties at red dog in nevada county william bogle reported that from december 23rd to january 22nd it rained a total of 25 and a half inches and on january 10th and 11th alone it rained over 11 inches At Weaverville, John Carr was a witness to sudden melt of snow by heavy rain and onset of the flood in December 1861 on the Trinity River. These are his words. From November until latter part of March, there was a succession of storms and floods. The ground was covered with snow one foot deep and on the mountains much deeper. The water in the river seemed like some mighty uncontrollable monster of destruction broken away from its bonds rushing uncontrollably on and everywhere, carrying ruin and destruction in its course. When rising, the river seemed highest in the middle, from the head settlement to the mouth of the Trinity River. For a distance of 150 miles, everything was swept to destruction. Not a bridge was left, a mining wheel or sluice box. Parts of ranches and miners' cabins met the same fate. The labor of hundreds of men and their savings of years invested in bridges, mines, and ranches were all swept away. In 48 hours, the Valley of Trinity was left desolate. The county never recovered from that disastrous flood. Many of the mining wheels and bridges were never rebuilt. Two years later, William H. Brewer saw near Crescent City the debris of the flood. The floods of two years ago brought down an immense amount of driftwood from all the rivers along the coast. And it was cast up along this part of the coast in quantities that stagger belief. It looked to me as if I saw enough in 10 miles along the shore to make a million cords of wood. One I measured was 210 feet long and three and a half feet at the little end without the bark in the central Valley. The entire Sacramento-San Joaquin Valleys were inundated. An area about 300 miles long, averaging 20 miles in width and covering 5,000 to 6,000 square miles, was underwater. The water flooding the Central Valley reached depths up to 30 feet, completely submerging telegraph poles that had just been installed between San Francisco and New York. Transportation, mail, and communications across the state were disrupted for a month. Water-covered portions of the valley from December 1861 through the spring and into the summer of 1862. The rainy season commenced on the 8th of November, and for four weeks, the scarcely any intermission. The rain continued to fall very gently in San Francisco, but in heavy showers in the interior, according to the statement of a Grass Valley paper. Nine inches of rain fell there in thirty six hours on the seventh and eighth. The next day the river beds were full almost to the hilltops. The north fork of the American River at Auburn rose thirty feet, and in many other mountain streams the rise was almost as great. On the ninth flood on the ninth, the flood reached the lowland of the Sacramento Valley. In Knights Ferry, in the foothills of the Sierra Nevada astride Stanislaus River about 40 miles east of modesto the town's homes its mill and most of the businesses were ruined by the flood the bridge spanning the river initially withstood the flood waters but was destroyed when the debris of the bridge at two mile bar only a short distance up the river torn from its foundation crashed into the knight's ferry bridge crushing the trust supports and knocking it from its foundation All Sacramento, except excepting one street, part of Marysville, part of Santa Rosa, part of Auburn, part of Sonora, part of Nevada City, and part of Napa were underwater. Some smaller towns like Empire City and McCallumie City were entirely destroyed. Do we have pictures? Are there pictures? Um, uh, I have some pictures uh, over here, like some images of this. on you know from google and it just shows you know like this one right here you know where they're rowing through the through the city Mm -hmm. there's a bigger one like venice yeah i mean it's crazy i mean if you've ever been to this area it was huge it's a huge swath of land and like I don't know if that's possible now with all of the you know improvements. I mean, you got to think, eighteen sixty-two. This is back in the pioneer days. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, where they they were barely settling. Well, it's amazing
1: and, we have those those types of uh, photography coming from from that time. How yeah. believable are those pictures? How believable or unbelievable? How believable? Like those were kind of some amazing shots coming from eighteen sixty-two. As far as I know, I mean didn't you have to like set up cameras and bulbs and all kinds of stuff. And they hit the little button and a little explosion happens and stuff.
0: Yeah. But I mean, how many of them are, are of those were just drawings too, you know? Well, that's what I really couldn't tell. Yeah. To me, it looked like just a bunch of pictures. All right. Let me finish this. The Sacramento one we got, uh, this is actually Jesus Christ. This is kind of long. Um, So, I mean, the, the point is, all right. There's a lot of damage in this storm, and a lot of people don't even know about it. They don't even realize they heard about it. Yeah, I didn't either, and I live in this state. <laughs> but I mean, that doesn't say a whole lot because I don't pay attention to a whole lot of shit sometimes. Um, so we're coming into another storm, right? It's supposed to last for three days. It's going to start later on this uh, afternoon and push into Tuesday. So it's supposed to be warmer than this last one. I don't know how many degrees. I guess I could do a little bit more research on that. Um, See how many degrees higher it's going to be. But if it does what the other one did, which is drop warmer water onto these Sierra foothills and the lower elevations, like two thousand to six thousand feet, were the elevations of the last storm in eighteen sixty two, where the rain just immediately melted um, all of the snow uh, mm-hmm. in a forty eight hour period, I believe, and it just you know just. So let me
1: let me see if I understand this right. Right. So you had a course over because I I've me I've never been to California all of this has to be pictured in my mind right so you you have a landscape out there of course with with mountains and then you have snow on top of the mountains and then the 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 flood of 1861 going into 2 was that there was a series of storms that i guess the temperature of each storm was higher than the last and it was it was just setting off a no pun intended a snowball effect and then what the fourth storm was the 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 wash all that melted all the snow and that is where all the water came to flood Mm -hmm. the the
0: city okay got it it came to flood out the area and then since you know all of this um water hadn't had time to to settle right it's just all mm-hmm. of the ground there there's nowhere for it to saturate to it just runs off right and so we're like even right where i live that's an agricultural area and there's a bunch of farming fields and stuff that are completely underwater right now and this water has been standing you know for i don't know about a month and a half now since the since the first 30 days continuous rain and so that's a that's a problem, too, because it's, you know, it, it's not going to go anywhere. And then in, in the summer That's how much rain
1: you guys have been having out there? Yeah,
0: I'm telling you, it's exactly the same amount as if is is like it's this exact same storm systems almost to the T in 18 as the ones in 1862. So the, the telling one is going to mm-hmm. be this next one and how high temperature, how much higher the temperature gets of these storms so uh, the air temperature you know and, and what's coming down so you see this map right here this right yep. here is a sacramento Oakland, yep so here's concord i live probably right around in this area over here and like i'd be affected by this just barely um but no i live right off the water but all of this other area over here is the sacramento valley right this whole valley is literally going to be underwater parts of uh the bay area like here's concord this right here is like rio vista coming over here this is like vallejo area they'd be uh, affected as well so I mean, this, and this is, these, these storms are every one to 200 years. There's an article right here. It says, geologic evidence shows that truly massive floods, and this is from Scientific American, caused by rainfall alone have occurred in California every one to 200 years. Such floods are likely caused by atmospheric rivers, narrow bands of water vapor about a mile above the ocean that extend for thousands of kilometers. The atmospheric Mm. river storms featured in January 2013 article in Scientific America that I co-wrote with Michael Dettinger, the coming mega floods are responsible for most of the largest historical floods in many Western states. The only mega flood to strike the American West in recent history occurred during the winter of 1861-62. California bore the brunt of damage. This disaster turned enormous regions of the state into inland seas for months and took thousands of human lives. The cost was devastating. One quarter of California's economy was destroyed, forcing the state into bankruptcy. And so this was preceded by the gold rush, right? So everybody rushed out to California to, you know, get gold, you know, looking for gold. And you had the Cal- the Sacramento Valley, which is where they all sort of settled, right? And then they would go up into the, which was the major settlement. And then they'd go up into the, uh, you know, the Sierras and the foothills and, and do their mining and stuff. And all these rivers, you know, as miners, you find gold by by rivers because mm-hmm. that's, that's where it's formed. And so that's why it was so devastating. Now, I don't know about now, like, what would happen. I know that we recently, I think the last thing that we experienced, like, major wise from the melt was uh the oroville dam and that when that broke and everybody it luckily it didn't do that a whole lot of damage but who knows man um you know nature is is the oroville dam i don't know anything about that either yeah it was i mean it was only a lo- it was a local thing but i mean it had a scare of everybody for a little bit especially us down here because i'm on the delta so everything flows from the sacramento river and then it pushes out into the ocean through the bay and then but we're another little you know leg off of you know to the left or to the right i think if you're looking uh coming up and then that little waterway so it's i don't know the delta is kind of strange <clears throat> I need to get out there
1: sometime, man. I need to get out there and because I do want to come out there to California, but I'm scared to death of earthquakes. And, <laughs> and the liberals that you guys got out there, man, are on a whole different plane of existence. You know, I, you know, I don't know if I can, but I do want to
0: get out there. Everything's no, changing, man. Everything is changing. It is. Well, I mean, I just... I was, uh, looking at or hearing something. I was, I was listening to something and I, I guess there's still a thing to get into the state. You know what I mean? If you're traveling in, you got to show something, you know what I mean? To get in still. And I don't hmm. want to talk about, you know, the specifics cause we're on, on YouTube. Uh, we don't want to, we don't want to get flagged over there, but, um, yeah, I mean, hmm. I don't, if that's true, that's crazy and nobody else is and i think i heard that on uh, on joe rogan um on mm-hmm. one of his uh, more recent ones that he had on there he's had some good ones man have you did you listen to uh listen to the coffeezilla one and they're talking about yeah they're talking about the uh the sam bankman-fried and this guy coffeezilla he he like sniffs out frauds and and exposes them and mm. so it was it was interesting, his take on uh, the whole Sam Bankman freed and the FTX thing.
1: I just don't have time man. there's there's so much. And that's that's some of the issue, Sean, that w- with my show is I kind of run out of material because I'm I'm having to, to dig for material in the last minute just because I got so much going on uh, in my daily life. You know what I mean? With mm-hmm. with. Uh, what we're doing here in the Tampa area and and, and such. But Tampa's growing man, and it's growing fast and and so are the issues, right? Mm -hmm. More more money is is more problems. So the more money that's flooding into Tampa Bay is creating more problems in Tampa Bay. You know, And, and it's it's just for me, it seems like it seems like these people are trying to flip the country. It seems like they're trying to to bring you guys out here to do something with these these conservatives out here. So we need to bring more liberals out here. So let's dump California and New York into Florida.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, they're they're hoping that they that the ideology and the political, um, you know, you're they're they're hoping that they'll chase people out of these states out of these out of these liberal states you know and they're going to chase them into these other you know conservative places that are more free and they Mm -hmm. the what the normal thing is is that these folks usually come to these areas and then they they make these areas just like the, the areas that they left that they hated you know what i mean for the exact same reason so it's like they project their they project what they left onto the population that they just came or coming to. You you know how I see it. I see, I see, this is how I
1: see, man. I see like right now I see Mm -hmm. Roger Goodell and Joe Biden sitting in an office together, trying to figure out how to make it 500 across the playing field. Right. They want each state 50, 50. They want, they want an equal divide everywhere because When you you have a 50-50 like that, it's very easy to manipulate, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? This is why Goodell wants all teams to be even because it's easier to shade a game by three points than it is by 20 or 30. So they need all the teams to be as equal as possible so they can shade just slantly left or slantly right according according to how the game is going. You see what I'm saying? This is why Goodell wants a 500-league. Not because the games are exciting, because it's easier to control Hmm. and make you believe that you're watching something real. That's the that's the key. So how do we know they're not doing that, you know, with this stuff? How do we know that they're not adjusting economies to make an economy tank in a certain city? Like Detroit or or now uh, out there in California and such. Because we know that this is generational, it takes years to do this. So we're not going to we're, we're the frog in the boiling water. You know what I mean? As it's mm-hmm. becoming to boil, we have no idea about the, the degree change. But the ones that are manipulating this, as we'll get into the central banks later, right, mm-hmm. they can do that without us even knowing that we're in this pot. Then all of a sudden we just want to get up and move somewhere because this other place over here sounds so much more appealing hmm. You know what I mean? So now everywhere we hear on TikTok and everywhere else, we're hearing all this crap about how great Florida is. It's everywhere. Mm-hmm. They got DeSantis up here being the champion of freedom. It's it's ridiculous, man. The pandering that these people do is absolutely ridiculous, man.
0: You know, I was listening to your governor. Um, I guess he made a stop here in California. And he was uh, talking at the Reagan something, the Ronald Reagan something or other. And mm. I mean, he sounds really good, right? I mean, the guy, mm. the guy, the guy, man, he's got some sweet honey coming off of his tongue, boy. Let me tell you. Yeah, it, it had me, you know, like, like whoo, rising up and, you know, my, my, my toes, like you see in the. Ready to convict. You know, I'm telling you, he <laughs> had you ready to convict. And, uh, and then I start hearing other things, right? You start, you know, really hearing other people talk about stuff and, you know, some of the things that he supported and and, and stuff that he's, uh, you know, not supported. And it, and it's interesting. It's like, ah, damn, man, you know, I, I think it was the difference between him and Trump. And, you know, some of the things that Trump supports and, and you know is doing and is, is more in line with freedom than some of the things that DeSantis is doing. Mm -hmm. And even though he's under the guise of, of it, I don't know, man, it's really hard to, to decipher this bullshit. (laughs) And that's why I don't believe none of it. I would
1: rather not believe none of it. Like, like this whole WWE confrontation, they got going between Trump and DeSantis now. And I think that what that was, was because they were trying Mm. to tie DeSantis to Trump because they, they were so similar but then i think DeSantis santas really kind of wanted to run for himself he didn't want to be trump's vice president he wanted to run for himself so they had to create a divide between them. these people play golf together mm-hmm. you know what i mean come on man stop it stop it with this foolishness and this nonsense man
0: yeah no for sure and I think that brings us uh, right in a good segue into central bank, digital currency. And you know, what is it, you know, we're hearing a little bit about it We're he- we, you know, we just saw the crypto thing and the Sam Bankman freed and Binance and all of these, you know, shady, shady crypto stuff. And, and then you got Bitcoin and that's the one. And, you know, I mean, I remember I used to here's some, here's some history, some criminal history i used to use bitcoin back in the day and this was probably in 2009 and 10 i would buy we would buy bitcoin and that's how we would buy our um credit card dumps right from russia and so hackers in russia so you know when they do these these data breaches and they get all this information. Usually, it's a credit card number, your CV, your you know all your pertinent information that you would need as a as a, a credit card fraud person mm. to encode the back of a credit card. So you can get a blank card, put the mag strip encoding information in the back, and then you press it out, and then you go and you use it. And so we were using Bitcoin uh, to for the transactions, and then sometimes we would even. Uh, just load up like we would send a prepaid or no, they would give the information for a prepaid and we would just load that prepaid card and from over there. So you would see that it was loaded in, in California and that it was uh, it was um, when they take it out, when they, uh, it was uh, pulled out, in Russia somewhere or sometimes in Switzerland, it always changed. It was never the same, the same place. It was kind of weird. Mm -hmm. But anyways, I digress.
1: You know, man, I, I tried to learn. i never really understood or could get into fraud in no sense, you know, but when I'm out there, when I was younger and I was out there trying to, yeah, commit crime to, to make money just to eat, Right. Like I'm trying to learn, man, like, man, what what kind of scheme you got going on with the banks? What kind of scheme you got going on, you know, doing this? I met this dude up in New York. This is what he had going on. He ended up getting uh, busted in a lot of time for it. I mean, it all ends up in the end end result, you know, Mm -hmm. but. What he used to do, partner, was he used to um, he, he got a like a FedEx outfit, right? And he got a big box and he's up in the city. And what he would do is he would get this big box and he would just write a name on the box. And then he would go into these large buildings, these big corporate buildings, I guess, whatever, and go hit up the people down in the bottom. He had a he had a one eight hundred number. And when you get these numbers, you can make them for however much you want a minute. So like he said, the trick was not to make it so outstanding that it causes red flags, but enough that, you know, you're going to make a little bit of money from it while it goes unnoticed. But he would walk into the front office with the box and he would say, I have a package for, you know, whoever, whatever. And, you know, uh, the people would say a lot of the times they would say we have nobody in this building by that name or or such or no position or However, he would do it. He would get the people to let him use the phone. You know, he would just tell the people, "Let me just use the phone to call the office, see what they want me to do with this package." Because this was back in the nineties. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know what I mean? And so, before cell
0: phones, or at least before they were attainable. Before the by communication
1: everybody. is that we have today, right? It, this, 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 you could, you could never do this today. This was just back then. You were taking advantage. That's what fraud is: is taking advantage of loopholes in the system. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? so it's he walked in he would get on the phone he would call his 1-800 number he would put it on hold and hang the phone up and just walk out of the building and go to the next one and and it's like he said man that that phone may stay on hold for two hours you know before somebody just picks up the phone realizes that there's a line on hold pick it up see nobody's there and hang up and then before they even catch that in accounting you know what i mean like accounting would (laughs) never catch that you know and so after a while they would just keep seeing the repetitive you know and that's eventually how he ended up getting caught years i mean the dude made
0: buku money you know but i think that's a that's that's a tough hustle man that that, that's a hustle that requires you know what i mean you you're you're gonna you're gonna stay fit with that hustle because you gotta you gotta beach feet on the concrete
1: and but you probably a, got people fooled hustle. that you really
0: work for UPS.
1: Man, I work for UPS. I'm out here just delivering packages. People may even see you out there with a package in your hand walking around. And really, you scheming.
0: You know you know what was, was appealing to fraud to me? It was the challenge. It was a challenge of going. I mean, because there's all like the elements you're talking about. There's acting involved. There's, you know, being something that you're not. So you you know to me that's you know I didn't like myself very much anyway so it's like fuck why not I I'm, I'd love to be someone else and then when you're almost in you're almost going to get pinched cuz that happened a few times with me and uh you get you talk your way out of it you know mm-hmm. the 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 research that you've done on knowing people's information their you know their all the stuff that you need to know like their ID number their social security number if you ever get pinched that you be able to spout that off to a police officer. And, you know, the more, the more you can do that without having to think about it, it's almost second nature that gets you out of a lot of trouble. Cause most people just take your confidence as, you know, what's a con man, a confidence man. Right. So you're, you're confident in what you're saying, which is like, okay, now they're confident in what you're saying. And so they're not looking at you as, as hard now. So it was just interesting. The games we play or the games that but, I would play to get to get out of get, having a real job. <laughs> well, but the well, well, you
1: know, the thing of it is, is that <clears throat> true enough on the sense that that's what you're doing and that's what I'm doing at this level. But when we get into when we get into international fraud, like we get into elite status fraud. Right. And and their targets are the banks. I think it's important for Americans to understand getting in back into our centralized banks. I think it's important for Americans to understand, like, these people are not just targeting your money. They're not targeting Sean Dustin's money. They're not targeting Thomas Freeme's money. They don't want our money. What they're targeting is the centralized banking system because what it is and what what it represents and the evilness behind it. So in order to to understand the crypto aspect of what you're getting into you really have to understand what is centralized banking not the definition of oh it's just a group of banks that all work together for for one cause essentially it's understanding the root the agenda the the darkness of centralized banking right this well, is this is what is true but, but the centralized banking system is what assassinated our presidents, right? And when you go back through the timeline, when they say about, you know, the Civil War was over taxation, the revolution was over taxation, we really have to understand, like take for a human being to, to relate to humanity back then in the, in the 1800s and, and going into the late 1700s, 1800s and all that. You have to just look at how your politicians are today. And and nothing has really changed because in that lapse of time, these 100 or 200 years, it's equivalent really to to our life in that sense. It's just our life expanded. Our life is a microcosm of, of the life of America. But it's still the same people and the same ideology that is being pushed, right? Which is to govern the people in such a fashion, right? So it's understanding what centralized banking was. When these individuals, you had certain individuals, certain human beings that came over here in that time and had an idea that this was the last landscape on the face of the planet that was not controlled by centralized banking. This was the the great frontier, the last frontier. Right. So they came over here and, and man, we're sorry. We got to do this to you Indians, but you guys just don't understand. You guys are living in a hut. You know what I mean? With bones in your nose and stuff like that. And you have no idea what's coming. Savages.
0: You're savages.
1: (laughs) Well, it's, I, I think it was just that you had these, these white supremacists, who, who just felt like their way was the best way and they were saviors of the world
0: it was the colonizers it was the folks that came over so in eight, if you watch uh, 1923 uh, that's on Hulu it's one it's one of, another one of the prequels to Yellowstone they go in specifically on how they treated the Native Americans that they would rip the children away from from their their reservations and stick them in these indian schools and would literally like try to beat the savage out of them you know Mm -hmm. what i mean they would rape and they would molest and they would abuse you know all of these indians and it followed um one of them and you know some my mom didn't like it she was like i don't know why they did you know because it was pretty brutal uh how they depicted the treatment of these folks And Mm -hmm. it was hard to watch. Some of it was hard to watch because I think the hardest part of of watching something like that is to realize that we as a species, as a, as a, are capable of doing that to each other. And it's hard to, it's hard to watch that.
1: Well, the, the thing of it is, is, is that it gets worse and worse. You know what I mean? It, it's again, it's all indoctrination because at the end of the day, we don't even know that that crap really even happened. This is just somebody's opinion of how they depicted that history to be, and they put it in cinema and they do it with the intent to strike emotion into the viewer. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's, but at the end of the day, a person has to step back and say, you know what? I don't even know if that even really happened like that. This was just for entertainment to get a a point across
0: but the very fact that 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 we would come that somebody would come over like i mean like would you would you even now okay now would you go to somebody else's land and they were occupying it and you just said nope it's ours now get out of here well you have to you have to ask yourself this
1: right So say we're being invaded by zombies and there's zombies freaking everywhere and they're eating everybody and you run to your neighbor's house and he's just sitting there drinking beer, watching TV and has no idea what's going on outside of the house. And his house is the only house left on on earth that's not affected. Right. Mm -hmm. Don't I think his house is going to be fucking bombarded and turned into a storm shelter. (laughs) And I think (laughs) that's what these colonizers were doing. You know what I mean? In their in their mind, understanding what centralized banking is, I think that in my own opinion, through my process of history, that they had the intention of coming here to the last frontier and trying to get away from centralized banking. Because at that time, you and I could build a bank as long as we had the gold to back up the money, the capital. You and I could start a bank. We could be a bank and we could build a town behind that bank. Mm -hmm. You can't do that no more. Where can you do that at? Nowhere. So everything is controlled by centralized banking. And then the wars that we were going through at that time was the British trying to bring that centralized banking into America. And this is why Lincoln was shot. This is why Garfield was shot. This is why these people were killed, because they were against the centralized banking. And then you have Woodrow Wilson, who comes in, who's a Democrat, one of the the most evilest Democrats on the face of the planet, because he is the one that came in and allowed, signed into law, centralized banking. And then we had the Federal Reserve. Well, they built so it's him and a and a, and a man named uh, Philip Edward House. No, Philip Edward the creature, House.
0: The book, "The Creature of Jekyll Island," um, I think that book talks about how the Federal Reserve was born and the meeting that took place that, um, like, gamed it all out.
1: There's a there's a book. If anybody's interested, truly in in knowing this, there's a book that Philip. Let me find what his, his accurate name is uh, because it's very important. He wrote a book. This was the, the, the head house, like the, the, the speaker that we see for the Fed that comes out, Reno or whatever her name is, mm-hmm. right? Janet Yellen. This is, Yellen now, yeah. This This is who this house guy was. And he was appointed by Woodrow Wilson. So they formed... The Fed, as we know it today, this is the formation being put in place now for the Fed that we know today, the Federal Reserve. Philip Edward House. Edward House, Edward M. House. So he wrote a book called Philip Drew. This is where I was getting Philip from. Uh, And I read it. It's It's a short read. And it has nothing to do with the Federal Reserve. But this Philip Drew Administrator was Edward House's only book that he wrote. And it's about an individual going through a military academy and uh, essentially seeing the world in his eyes and trying to make it his, his world right? Because he feels that he's right. The dude was a complete narcissist. He felt that his opinion, everybody else was stupid and wrong. And he only saw it one way. And if people saw it his way, the world would be a better place. So that this guy maneuvered through his life to put himself in a position to do so. And, and a lot of people feel that this book was the story, him kind of self-projecting. But this was the individual that was in charge of the Federal Reserve with Woodrow Wilson. And from there, the rest is history, because we had the first bank, the first centralized bank in America pop up, which was in Philadelphia. I believe that was 1861 or something like that around in in there, maybe sooner, somewhere around in there. And then from there, everything went haywire. So we have what we have today that now. When you put your money into a bank, <clears throat> you put, uh, let's say, a million dollars into your into your bank, that money is instantly, soon as it's deposited and cleared, gone. It's out of there because you could leave and come back 10 minutes later and ask for that million dollars that you just brought there back, and they'll have to tell you that you have to wait on that,
0: <sighs>
1: and they'll give it to you in small increments because as soon as they take your million dollars They're taking it to make a hundred million off that. And then they're only giving you a fraction of the penny
0: off that. And they can borrow or they can lend up to 10 times what you deposit against their deposits. So if I deposit a hundred dollars, they can loan up to 10 times that hundred. So what's 10 times a hundred? Is that a million? or 10,000 times a hundred 10,000 so they can so for every hundred they can loan 10,000 so every hundred in deposits we can go and and loan out that and so that's how they create money out of nothing that's how they make money out of nothing and that's not right they shouldn't be able to do that um but whatever that's another another story yeah so i'm gonna read that's how we get into the tax debt ceiling but yeah that's another day i'm going to read what the central or what the federal reserve.gov uh is their um definition of central bank digital currency so while the federal reserve has made no decisions on whether to push, pursue or implement a central bank digital currency or cbdc we have been exploring the potential benefits and risks of cbdc's from a variety of eight angels or angles. <laughs> angels, angels. Ain't no angels fucking anywhere near, <laughs> near near any of this stuff, yeah, including through in. <laughs> including through technological research and experimentation. Our key focus is on whether and how a CBDC could improve an already safe and efficient U.S. domestic payment system. Improve, mm-hmm. okay. CBDC is generally defined as a digital liability of a central bank that is widely available to the general public. Today in the United States, Federal Reserve notes, i.e. physical currency, are the only type of central bank money available to general public, like existing forms of money. A CBDC would enable the general public to make digital payments as a liability of Federal Reserve. However, a CBDC would be the safest digital asset available to the general public with no associated credit or liquidity risks. The Federal Reserve Board has issued a discussion paper that examines the pros and cons of potential U.S. CBDC as a part of this process. We sought public feedback on a range of topics related to CBDC. The Federal Reserve is committed to hearing a wide range of voices on these topics. So here's another article about central bank digital currencies from the World Economic Forum, uh, explaining all of it and what it is and how great it's going to be for you and how you should just jump right on in, you know, both feet. Actually, no, just dive, dive in. You know, and you don't know if there's a a bottom to this uh, pool or not, and it is not. And the reason why I don't think it is, well, you go ahead. Tell tell me if what you think. Do you think a central bank digital currency is the way to go? No, just like you say,
1: centralized anything is no good because again, it's it's all about control. So that's that's why we we were saying at the top is is you have to understand what centralized banking is and how it was implemented here in America and why it was implemented here in America, because it's all about control. So here now you have a currency that they cannot control. They have no idea how to control it. They have no idea how much anybody has of it for the most part, you know, unless you're keeping it inside of a wallet, which is digital, you got to keep it in something. You know what I mean? So, I, I really, honestly, don't know how any of that that works, other than the fact that how I see it is that <clears throat> you got these two global entities that um, are 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 kind of battling with each other for power, and I think the the Bitcoin, the crypto industry, though these powerhouse elites are now in a position and have accumulated enough wealth to now challenge your centralized banking system. And I think what we're seeing, especially if you're in the market and you're watching the flux, you know, fluctuation in the market and what's going on with crypto and then, you know, uh, BTT or or whatever it was with this, this, uh, this, this pond that they used. Yeah. FTT token, this, this pawn that they used. Um, we're we're seeing that power shift. I think that went into, uh, what was it, GameStop and and
0: and uh, uh, what were they calling those guys? You mean GameStop, the whole GameStop thing, where the uh, oh, the whole the GameStop Robinhood?
1: thing? I think that was the move. I think that was the power move where they tried to collapse the system. You know what I mean? Where they tried to attack centralized banking and tried to take control and and it didn't work you know it didn't work because the, your 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 powerhouse elites were able to shut it down they the, the biggest thing is that they had the market that they have that crypto doesn't have is your media
0: right yeah so you're, you're right you're right that it was our first glimpse of like oh once the billionaires start getting getting hit in the pocket, they they shut it down. They and shut they, it down. And you couldn't you couldn't buy, or you couldn't sell, but you could buy on so Robinhood, right? Yeah, Robinhood. And so That's that right. just—I was it, in Robinhood at that time, and I was affected by that. Yeah, that was sort of the first thing that happened, right, with the whole crypto thing, or not the crypto thing, but just the there's been like this yeah there's been an accumulation of 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 events that have happened that are pushing us into oh we need look there's all this fraud there's this there's that look at look how you know the unregulated unregulated markets look how dangerous they can be and so the whole ftx thing and and sam bankman freed i think that was the, the crescendo right like oh Look at this huge amount of money that this guy just stole. And it was all through this crypto stuff. And so now they they have have made a, a greater need to regulate this stuff, right? Well, mm-hmm. right now, two banks just failed yesterday or the last week. Uh, one was Silicon Valley Bank, and there was another bank. I don't know the name of it. That's not good. Hmm. That's not good. Um, we got, uh, uh, there's an, another thing on the horizon that's coming up, and I was listening to something yesterday, and um, more fraudulent uh, mortgage stuff that these people, some of these banks were heavily invested in. So it's more mortgage crap that's going to start coming out. And you're going to start seeing more people uh, go into foreclosure. You're going to start seeing more banks fail because they're in the, they were in these risky investments. Just like two thousand eight, it seems, and so the, we're. I don't Hopefully know. Man. In two
1: thousand, I, I hope that Americans after two thousand eight really understood. I was incarcerated at that time, so I didn't get to feel the effects socially that people were having. I didn't have to worry about paying uh, uh, six, seven dollars for milk or whatever the price was at that time, or things of that nature. It was delivered to me. I just got up in the morning and went to the chow hall for it, <laughs> you know, so it was, it was, but this, this is the dichotomy that we're in. Right. So I I pray that Americans understood what happened in that time and, and the effects of it. And like, we have to do something they They're trying to make it, to a way, Sean, where we we have no uh extensive freedom whatsoever. Our the freedom that we have is an illusion. It's it's just giving you the 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 option of choice. But when all those choices lead to the same result, where's the freedom at? It's an illusion. Right? This is what I'm trying to get Americans to understand. So These banks are not your friends. Bank of America and these people are not your friends. They don't care about our communities. They're not Uh here. They only do these things because throughout time they were pressurized into giving back into the community. And then they had to form these charities. They had to form these things. They didn't come right out doing them and that was not their intention to start that way. So these banks are not your friends. This is why you'll never see Bank of America on a repo truck. Mm-hmm. This is why they hire these unintelligent Americans that don't understand what it is, but are in their own situations of survival because they're unintelligent. Right. And they they, they don't know how to make an elevated way of, of living. So they they like me as a drug dealer, like anybody else, we are taking advantage of other Americans misery taking advantage of their bad situations that this government puts us in. And we allow ourselves to get in through ignorance. And then you have these other Americans that are out there, like the repo man who can, who the bank will pay them a hundred dollars for each. They'll send them a list of people. You go up and round up all this stuff. We'll give you a hundred dollars for each one or however much they make. Mm-hmm. So now they're going and this could be their neighbor. Oh man, Joe down the street. I got to go get Joe's car. Shit. I know when Joe is home. That's an easy lick. I can easily go get Joe's car. Right. So this is this is how they got us doing that. They have us attacking each other for them. Hmm. You'll never see Bank of America on the side of a repo truck ripping somebody's car out of their house, you know, out of their driveway at four o'clock in the morning.
0: Mm-hmm. There's I a reason some for that.
1: Yeah, me too. And this and this is the issue that I got going on now because they illegally repoed my car by fault of them, damaged my car, Sean. And now when I'm trying to get repercussions for that, they're all like this here. Oh, uh yeah, that's we, yeah, we don't know. And
0: mm-hmm. having
1: done it, this is two years now. Two years. I I sent I took my car, they damaged my car that I'm I still have I'm paying for now. You know what I mean? And this is a Volvo, so it's not like it's a cheap fix. Mm-hmm. So that is the banks. That's why I say they are not your friends.
0: They come to you smiling, but huh,
1: so does the devil.
0: Yeah, I mean, all you got to do is uh check out this uh, documentary series called The Con. And it's all about 2008 and the predatory uh, behavior of um, <clears throat> some of these banks that go into lower income communities uh you know usually impoverished communities and the folks a lot of the folks that are in these older homes own their homes right you know they're they're they they were they're not that expensive I mean some of these houses were like forty thousand you know what I mean to buy it you could buy a, buy it for 40 grand and so they would go into these communities and get people into these uh, refis and and oh we can we can upgrade your home you know what i mean you can now afford to pay for you know those you know to fix your porch now that's been broken and and you know that with just just pouring honey in people's ears and you know and these folks they think you're from the bank right and you are from the bank but they think because of that that you know Mm. you're knowing and they don't know any better and so they would get them into these loans and uh, this watch the series man it's really good and i had the a couple of the directors um on my on my podcast and uh it was uh it was interesting how they laid it out and it's it's everything in fraud is incentivized for some re- way shape or form right there's an incentive to do this and in the case of the 2008 stuff. It was <clears throat> the Wall Street and the need for mortgage-backed securities. They incentivized all the way down from the appraisers to the to the you know the folks that get you into the loans, right? And the worse loan that they you could get them in, the more money it paid, right? So if you get them into the, one of those balloon ones, those balloon payments, right, which screwed a whole bunch of people. Cause he got you into a, a house that you couldn't, you couldn't even, you know, you probably couldn't afford, right. Got you in cheap. And then, you know, on the back end of it, you know, like maybe three years down the road, there was this balloon payment that was due that most folks weren't even going to, you know what I mean? Couldn't even do. And it was, around, it was almost like it was coordinated. Cause it was around the same time of, you know, a recession. So folks were out of work. Um, you know what I mean? And, and it, uh, it just compounded, compounded, and it was just a a way to just fleece people of their wealth and knock another another group back down the the ladder. You know, Mm. it's like we're in this, it's, it's, we're in this, this perpetual game of shoots and ladders.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that's what (laughs) pisses me off, man. It's, It's hard for me to watch these, these type of documentaries because, um, I've been duped. We've all been duped. Right. We've all been duped into believing something that, that was never real. And it was all for the agenda to make us feel like it was real so that we continue to work and pay these taxes and, and pay these people, but yet we're watching these people take our money and send it overseas without even asking us. Like I said in my in my show, man, like I, I don't remember getting no census vote. Hey, do you want to say, do you want to pay higher taxes to send money to Ukraine? No, mm-hmm. you know, where was that vote at? So it's it's these representatives get up there and, and and man, it's 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 it it just infuriates me. And at the end of the day, Sean, it's our fault. You know, it's our fault that we allowed these things to happen to us. And I don't know, man. I, I, I I'm almost getting to the point to where like this freedom thing this freedom thing really destroys a human's brain if it's not understood and appreciated out of the gate. You know, I think, I think you have a lot of people that take advantage of a system that they think is there. They, they become fat, lethargic, lazy. You know what I mean? That they don't want to, they don't want to think. They just want people to do for them, you know, and, and, that is what America has become.
0: but the, system, be- but the, the system incentivizes that right, right? because but, it markets it. well because they they would what what is a population of people that's easier to control? What's a more docile population a fat un, uh, unhealthy, sick? Uh, which is most folks, you know, the, most of the people that have, um, you know, done the thing, um, a lot of them are really sick right now, you know what I mean, or on their way to becoming sick. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you have that, and then you have them lazy, you have them in the house, you have, you know, people doing the virtual reality, they're playing games, video games, you know, the po- kids these days, that's what they're all doing, you know, a certain generation of them, you know, mine are now like in my gender she's five and she's got a device and so she's on her her tablet you know what i mean so they're growing up a different sort of way it's just it's all it's all for the same thing they need us controllable mm-hmm. and divided and and it's it, we're all just literally i mean if you think you have have control just think of it this way and this is why we don't see it because we're all at ground level let's just say we're on a fucking river right and the river's going and you don't really have a paddle so you're just going down the river and all these different funnels right it goes let it shoots you over this way shoots you over this way the problem is is that these these social developers or the social constructors right the folks that are, are are having you know paying for the think tanks and and all these other things of how different ways of get people to do this to do that to go here to go there we're just literally in a society of funnels and it's and it's all designed to funnel us over here to funnel us into this direction over there what agenda do we need to funnel these people over this way not everybody's going to get into that funnel but the majority of the folks are going to fall into that funnel right that's why it's so hard to change things and you got the media that 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 has you know 60% capture of folks you know the legacy media then you got people like us that are doing the alternative media or or independent media and, you know, those folks that aren't hearing the things that we're talking about because the media is not covering any of it, not that the things aren't happening. It's just if it's not being covered to the people that are watching these these networks, it's it doesn't it doesn't exist because they're not being shown. Not that it doesn't exist because it doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> and, but and, and, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, well, I know
1: at the end of the day just like in your own personal life, you know, it goes for society as well, that everything is our fault. Like these corporations are only marketing to us what we have shown these corporations to, to that we want. You know what? We, we love violence is for whatever reason, we love to see violence. So they're going to market violence to us. We love to see sex. So they're going to market sex to us and they're not going to stop because as long as we show that we give our money to this, they're going to market us for this in every aspect. You know, in every aspect, we're going to be marketed constantly from the moment you walk out of your book, even in your home, from the moment you open your eyes to the moment you go to sleep, you're being marketed for your money.
0: And your data now is being marketed to these companies that are marketing you because they're making it a more efficient marketing system that is actually mm-hmm. geo fencing marketing system that they want to get it to the precision point to where when you say that you, hey, I, yeah, I've been uh, I, I just saw my tires and I need some I think I need a new tire. that I think I need a new tire all of a sudden now, the next time you open up your phone or you hop on your social media, a, a tire ad will pop up and if you're somewhere near, they want to get it precise to the point where if it'll direct you to the nearest uh, mm-hmm. tire location that you can buy a tire from. And so it's just all about adding and throwing, throwing your information back in your face with, with ads.
1: And, and I think, <clears throat> and I think that's okay. I don't have a problem with that per se Right, like I, I, I mean, I, I, see it all the time on my phone or whatnot. I could be having a conversation in another room and sit down. Facebook is horrible with that. As soon as I sit down on Facebook, ten minutes later, I start getting in my new in my feed these ads for what I was just talking about in the room. And okay, so that that's okay. I don't mind that because I'm I'm aware of it, and I'm conscious of it, and I know what it is when I see it. But the point that i'm not okay with is the fact that facebook does not announce that and make awareness to that and and to its its followers that this is what facebook does it tries to do it you know under the covers so that people who are just asleep at the wheel in their life they they have no idea how they're being directed So it's kind of like if if you're sitting here and you're watching the Super Bowl, let's say, and and McDonald's comes and you see this commercial and they're selling their cheeseburgers. Right. Mm -hmm. And you hear the little jingle that 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 whatever their stupid little jingle is. Right. Okay, you're not affected at that time because you're in the emotion of the Super Bowl. You probably had nachos and whatever else is going on. And you may have not even paid attention to that jingle. But your brain did because your brain records everything that your eyes, ears, nose, everything that comes in contact. Your brain is recording all of that. Right. So now it could be three days later, you're driving in your car, but now you're hungry. And you hear you're you're listening to your radio and you hear the McDonald's jingle on your radio. Now, the first thought that's going to come to your mind is those cheeseburgers. (laughs) And you may not even be conscious to it. You may, you know what? Let me, I ain't had a cheeseburger in a little while, man. Let me go get some cheeseburgers from McDonald's. There's a McDonald's right there. You know, let me just stop and get a couple of these cheeseburgers. You're not even conscious to the fact that the only reason why you even thought about those cheeseburgers is because you heard that jingle. True enough, you were hungry, but the jingle is what got you to go instead of going to applebee's or anywhere else it got you to go to mcdonald's that is how we're being played on every aspect in our lives as long as these radios and tvs and all this stuff is constantly playing in our
0: ears so you're you're okay with the precursor to and this is where the central bank d the cbdc's come in because it's a control it, it's Everything is always slipped in through the guise of making it easier, more convenient, Mm -hmm. uh, faster, uh, access, more access to something, right? We're doing this for your safety. Uh, Mm -hmm. But on the back end of it, right, or underneath it, is a control mechanism, right? So if everything is linked to a digital ID, which is the next thing that's going to come, or maybe it might come before the CBDC, but they're both going to be linked together, right? And this is going to have your, your shot status. It's going to have your other things, right? Your UBI. If we, you know, as, as AI starts to eliminate more and more jobs, there are going to be more and more people out there with nothing to do. And so they're not going to allow people to just be sitting there with nothing to do because, you know, the devil's workshop is in idle hands, right? They got to keep people busy somehow um, so they don't link up together and band together and revolt, right? Like Animal Farm. Mm-hmm. They don't want people doing that. And so what they'll do is they'll find a way, they'll, they'll, in, they'll give a UBI that'll give people, you know, just enough amount of money to survive and you know if you want to make more you obviously you can but they want people docile and controllable right and so another thing that's going to be um done with this and Catherine austin fitz is is a woman who really really deep dives deep into this and she is an American investment banker and a former public official who served as managing director of Dylan Reed and company. And during the presidency of George H W Bush, as United States assistant secretary of housing and urban development for housing, she has widely written and commented on a subject of public spending and has alleged several large scale instances of government fraud. So she talks about what's coming with this control grid through this central bank digital currency and the digital id so for instance you and i right we're in this system we could be talking about something that they don't agree with right whoever it is and it's against the narrative they can geo fence you into a location around your home within five miles radius and how they can do that is if you go outside of that radius and try to spend money it won't allow your your card your money to work so you're now locked into this zone because you said something that doesn't jibe with the narrative or with you know you're going against the government so it's basically we're going to end up they want the chinese model which is the 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 sent the social score and credit system right
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and that's all going to be tied to it too Mm -hmm. and just imagine too if you have a if you have an electric car that's on wi-fi that's on you know this system on the smart grid the smart system the smart everything smart 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 anything that has to do with smart beware it's 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 got a control mechanism built in it (laughs) you know through all of this this centralized stuff they're trying to do they want to they want to eliminate cash because cash has is untraceable in a lot of in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. so think about you know the three years ago and they locked everybody down what what were the what were the businesses that they were trying to target the most it was mostly stuff that had to do with cash transactions restaurants bars uh haircuts right salons these are these are cash tipping businesses they don't want that they don't want cash because they can't control how much money you can not report cash right a lot a lot of businesses they'll they'll report their their credit card transactions um and I think I think some uh, like food servers do the same thing. I think I did this this when I was a food server. I would report my credit card tips but not my cash ones because it, there was no there was no uh, no trail right no paper trail so oh cash
1: cash will be gone before long within the next hundred years there will be no more cash. You know, because they're trying to now equate cash to crime, uh, all of these things. So so just like every other uh, item that they wanted to take off the shelf, whether it was marijuana, black people, uh, anything else, they, they just created such a hate monger against that item that, uh, the you know, the masses would, would eventually turn against it, whatever it was, whether it's guns or, or anything, you know. So this is why, like in my message is so important to the Americans, to the people of the world, like, man, don't even pay attention to this stuff because it's all a game. It's all a show. People have been telling us this for hundreds of years. Shakespeare said it. What the hell do you think that this man said? This is an individual that walked the planet hundreds of years ago. You know what I mean? So it's, it's understanding that. Like, like we said at the top of the, the discussion, we think that in our life that everything happens in one lifetime, and it does not. That's just our ego, our, our, our inner self just processing that way because that is the lifespan of your physical brain. That's all it's recording. But there's this has been a process that has been ongoing for hundreds of years to get us to this point. They are, they are tightened down on us to the point to where they laugh in our face now. This administration laughs at the American people. They have no respect. For, nobody in the world has respect for the American people, us. And we're out here working as hard as we are to keep paying these people. And it's all a dream. Mm-hmm. It's all a dream. We don't need these people's protection. You know who these people are, Sean? Let me tell you to tell you who this government is man and government and, and and religion and all these people i'm gonna tell you who they are when you go to prison they're the people that come to you and steal all your shit <sighs> and then come in the back door and tell you hey man listen we'll make sure that never happens again you know mm-hmm. you just make sure that you're putting twenty dollars on my books each month and make sure that never happens again but in the back room they're partners it was all a design to get that twenty dollars a month from you and then when the next person comes in, they do the same thing until they reach an individual where they know they can't do that to. Then they just skip him and go on to the next person. And this is what I'm trying to get the Americans to understand. You know, stop paying taxes. No taxes, 2023. Nobody pays taxes. Nobody pays their damn taxes and files taxes. What do you think is going to happen?
0: Well, it, if you're gonna if you're gonna do that and it's possible all you got to do is go exempt, right? You change your you change your filing status at work to exempt. But it they won't it's not like they'll feel it that day. If if we all did it tomorrow or Monday, right? We all do it on Monday morning. We go in, we we get our, you know, form or w whatever it is and we file exempt. The the government's not going to feel it until the 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 end of the quarter. Mm-hmm. Right when that when those payments from the companies are supposed to get shipped to you know mm-hmm. d- to get shipped to the government. So you'd have to do it for at least three, four, three or four months. Um we're not then, doing and, it and, all. We're not doing then, it for
1: the rest of 2023. We'll we'll see you in 2024 when you come to us and and with, with correct. When you come to the American people, correct, we'll see you in 2024. 2023, you guys figure it out. Go to Ukraine, tell Ukraine you need some of that money back. <laughs>
0: funny man yeah it's 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 interesting how we're we're so like invested in and giving our money away to other places but yet we can't seem to to want to help the problems that are happening here they just don't get addressed it's uh you know in everything's a Ponzi scheme, man. You guys got to understand that. And it's both, and it's both sides. You know what I mean? It's both sides. It's there's just, there's no right and left and this and that it's, it's the same organization. It's just like, it's just like the prosecutor and the, and the, and the public defender working in the same building, getting paid by the same company or the same person Doing the same, trying to, trying to put you in the same place, you know, one supposed allow, we're trying to keep you out and the other one, what well, trying to get you in, but they're going to lunch together and talking about who they, all right, well, I'll give you this guy for this guy. How about, how about we, uh, we, you know what I mean? They're wheeling and dealing because they've got an agenda. They've got goals and aspirations to move up the ladder or you know, whatever it is. But it's just it's all it's all a Ponzi scheme, all, all of it. a Ponzi scheme.
1: It's all a Ponzi scheme. And like you say, we keep giving these people our money, but we don't have no money, Sean. It's the illusion. All of it is an illusion. Right. It's its like the person who, who buys a three hundred thousand dollar house on on land that he doesn't own. Right. You have the illusion that you own a home, but you don't. You're paying property tax. And what happens when whoever owns this land comes and says, you know what? We're getting rid of this land. What happens to your house? You can't pick up this $300,000 home and take it somewhere, right? So you really don't own or have anything. It's the illusion of it. Just like these, these dollar bills, these paper bills, right? It's a promissory note. It's to say that we back it no matter what, as long as you can produce this right here. But it's, it's the illusion of it. So they are all what they're after, Sean, is our production, your life's energy. Yep,
0: they want to energy. suck as
1: much of your life's energy out of you as they can. And in that, we'll just give you a little bit of what you really produce. So let's think about that. Because this is a serious conversation because you have a lot of individuals, especially myself, right, who sit here day in, day out eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches because everything I do, every penny I make goes into my passion of what I believe in. So if I was not in control of my thoughts, right, and and I was trying to keep up with the Joneses, I would look at my neighbors and see their BMW and their lifestyle and be completely jealous over them, envious, maybe even to the point where I slander these human beings, right? Saying all kinds of assumptions and everything about these people, because at the the root, I'm envious, I'm jealous of, of their car and their house and what appears to be such an easier life from what I have. But this individual does not realize one, because they've never accumulated that type of salary a year, to to have those type of things. So they have no idea what goes into that type of salary. And and for the individual that is making six figures, right? What this, this human being is sacrificing to make those six figures is pretty much their complete life. They have no time with their family. They're working damn near 24 hours a day because they're working for a, a global company essentially that that is, is dealing with countries in different time zones. And if you're making that kind of salary, you probably got a lot of people that are depending on you, that, that are working up under you. You're probably responsible for a lot of people's jobs. This is a lot of pressure on people. <laughs> so just because you're making these six figures, and you, and what appears to the next person that you have a nice car and a nice home, you're not understanding the pressure on that human being, what they're squeezing out of that human being, and giving him just those little bit of scraps. So we're all in the same boat when we're working for these elitists, these huge corporations, and, and you, don't you don't own nothing. You don't own nothing.
0: You don't own bills. You because own, you let own that pieces be- of paper that, that, that says that right. oh I'm I, I'm responsible for this. I'm responsible for this item. That's it. I've I've taken responsibility for it for you. I'm I'm just watching it until I can I can pay it off. Yeah, I'm, I'm into that. I'm into that. I have to I have to make X amount of dollars every month or my ship will sink. And if in a lot of people right now, what people aren't talking about is the credit card debt, right? There's a bubble there too, not just in the housing market, what are we talk about, but the credit card debt right now is at astronomical levels. And I can attest to that because my own credit card debt has gone up to astronomical levels because what do we do? We don't wanna we want to maintain these bills. I had to, you know. Put, you know the stuff that I could float on credit I, I floated on credit. Is, is it the right way to do it? probably not I' absolutely not but that's the way that I did it. Uh, we got William Gilbert. what's up William? Thanks for uh, dropping in. He's got a comment a couple comments. one of them is uh, Trump seems innocent from a lot of people's perspectives. seems innocent. Well, I mean, I voted for him the first time around and i'm not afraid to admit that it was actually the first time that i voted ever in my life uh because i didn't realize when i got out of prison and off of probation that i could i thought it was like I, I couldn't vote and i i can and so i did and it was because i thought he was the lesser of the two evils um you know i, I think there any billionaire is not a friend to the working class uh and you see that across the board in everything um I don't know man I I don't I don't know if he's the best choice for 2024 uh unless you want to see more of the same that happened last time he was there where he didn't get shit done I mean he did some good stuff but he also was attacked the whole time so I mean if you go to right. a new job and you you're starting a new job a you know, new career you know and and from the moment you get there to the moment you leave you have people attacking you and keeping you from being able to do your job. And so can you imagine, like... that?
1: Can you imagine being hired as a VP right, <laughs> of, a, of a company and going in and you're all excited about going in as the VP and then you get in there and you're like, yeah, okay. So uh, what do I do? And people are like, oh my God, leave me alone. You're so annoying. <laughs> Stop bothering me. Just hey, go get in out of here. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. So yeah, he was opposed from the beginning, but and then he says uh to your other thing your other uh, uh he was commenting on uh they can subject that land to a public easement also so you that's very pl- possible i mean if you if they determine that they want to build a road where your land is right or your where you own a home and they'll give you this happens quite a bit around where i'm at because it's in a rural area and sometimes they'll decide that they want to you know extend something here or do something there, put a road there and they'll give you the opportunity of one offer, right? They'll offer you X amount of dollars. And a lot of times it's not fair market value. It's what they deem it to be, you know, worth. And so if you don't take it, they can give you less because the money, the amount after they, after you say no, just keeps going down. It doesn't go up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) and at the very end when you say no they can kick you off of it anyways and give you nothing and there's nothing you can do about it fair value market no i mean they cannot give you anything if you if you refuse 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 at the end of it they will give you nothing and kick your ass off
1: and that's the point (laughs) like okay so and and that is 100% factual and what happens who are you going to complain to take it to your take it to your representative and and what does your neighbors do for you what does the american citizen do for you nothing oh man sorry about your luck you know well, piss on you you know you're not going to you know that this is illegal you know what they did is wrong but you're not going to stand up for me and help me fight well i don't want them to take my home too
0: yeah, this is where I don't, we, a, I don't we get want to pay into,
1: attention to me. You're going to have to deal with this on your own. <laughs> and, and why we do that, Sean, is because we find value in these things that they give us. That is the whole point of it. <clears throat> they comfort us with these things that we don't want to lose. We don't want to lose our house and these jet skis and, and the things that we, we got going on. So going back to the context of, of Trump and whatnot and how you don't own anything, we saw that. Think of, again, going back to the individual with the six figures in the big house and he's doing well and all these things. But then he just makes the mistake of making a post during that time about Trump. Oh, I I agree with Trump. He's canceled. He loses his job. He loses his salary. He loses everything because he made a crucial mistake of not going with the norm at that time. So everything that you think that you have, again, is an illusion these people give it to you they can take it away from you at any moment because you are allowing yourself to be fed from a lion mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this well, and, is when we get and, into and,
0: entrepreneurship and they're all liars i mean you know what i mean it's just a, it's at what level that the lie is and and you know I, you know biden pfft, there's tons of stuff out there with him lying about, you know, his first time he tried to run as a, be a president. And he lied about his, his, uh, education. Uh, he lied about a whole bunch of different things and got caught. He lied about mm-hmm. the civil rights movement. He's never been anywhere near a civil rights movement uh, in a March, in a, in a phone call, in a, <laughs> in a picture, You know, the civil rights movement he was involved in
1: was calling people uh, uh, super predators and and saying that he (laughs) didn't want his his kids
0: going to a racial jungle. That was the civil rights movement he was involved in. Yep. And so and and he's been caught in that lie, but he still continues to push it. So, uh, you know, at least I thought I thought with Trump, it's like, yeah, the guy lies, but he's entertaining while he's lying to you. You know, at least he was making me laugh. The other guy, I'm like, you're 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 responsible for the 94 crime bill and fucking incarcerating what another an additional 2 million to the population. Mm-hmm. It's like, hell no. Is I going to vote for you? I, I seen what your, what your policies do. I, I experienced it firsthand. Um. All right. William Gilbert. Again, I never voted because I don't think my vote counts. It's the people Amen. that we vote into the electoral college and it's hard to expose their true agenda. Well, with the media, the legacy media not reporting things and, you know, 60 percent of the population still tuned into the to that system. It's very difficult to get anything through because not reporting on it is the is, you know, is the same thing as it being invisible or not existing in the eyes of those those that don't enter into our realms of of information. Right.
1: Let's take it back to the NFL, right? Let's look at the NFL again, right? So we know that the NFL is controlled by Vegas, by the by the bookies. And it's going to swing the game and however it's going to make the most money. And how do they do that? By the by the bets coming in, right? This is what creates the spread, this is what moves the spread, this is what makes the the over/unders go up and down, you know, is is all the fluctuation of how the bettors are betting. So Let's look at it from that angle and let's say our American vote system is the same thing. It's all rigged. The whole thing is rigged, but which way are we going to swing it? If we have a 50-50 vote, you know, a 45, you know, 55 vote, we could swing it to whichever direction we want. You know, say say the vets are the are the book are the 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 gamblers. So we are sending in our votes of who we want and you have these people who are collecting these votes and making a determination of who they can put in office according to these votes that the American people will buy. But again, it's all a sham. It's all an illusion. To me, what how I'm starting to see this, Sean, is is for me, why? Why, okay, so why even have this illusion then? Why not just uh Push down on the people and say, This is, we're going into communism and tough because they gave us the guns. That is the reason. They gave us the guns and they know that they cannot push down on us. So they have to manipulate us. They have to manipulate us. How do they manipulate us? By abusing our trust and giving us false hope. Hope is why we get up each morning, Sean to go to work and pay our taxes. Hope is, hope is what is making us pay our taxes and rely on this system that we know does not work, but we hope that it does. And we hope that every four years this new person comes in is gonna show us that this system works, but they never do, they never do. It keeps getting worse and worse and worse, but yet we keep getting up and paying taxes and paying taxes and paying taxes and hoping for change, and hoping for change. To the point now we're working 60 to 80 hours a week, both people, takes two people to purchase a home anymore, it takes two people in that house, and now you're raising kids. We'd never have time for the family, right? This, and, and but we hope, we just pray and hope that things change.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm done man. with that, man. I, you know, I, I, it's, it sounds, uh, I'm that, so, that sounds game. like a shitty life.
1: No, but it's, it's, it's what you make it see. And, and control, you, Sean, can only be controlled if you allow it to be. And ignorant people are easily manipulated and controlled. So at the end they're, of the they're day,
0: emotional, emotional. People, people that, that react emotionally, which is a lot of us, right? A lot of us don't, I don't, I don't want to know that you don't can't ever possess the ability to respond and in, intel, intelligently, but it's a trained muscle. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because the auto response, the operating system default is to get emotional and angry instead of pause. Think, Hmm. Maybe, maybe not. So expand completely. a little bit on that instead of going, "What, motherfucker? What'd you just say?" <laughs> a I'm perfect slap example. i right out your mouth, man. You wouldn't say that shit to me again. A perfect
1: example <laughs> of that, right? And and this is this is this is the important message of what we're trying to relay. I I, I had a, a Uber ride the other day where I took a guy to the airport. He was going back to Brooklyn. He lived in Brooklyn his whole life, forty five years, right? So I'm taking him back to Brooklyn and he makes the comment. He's like, Man, I'm really distraught about all this stuff going on up there. Like all these people being kicked in front of these trains. Like, what's going on? People being kicked in front of subways and, and all he's like, it's crazy. I'm like, let me ask you something. I said, How long have you lived in Brooklyn? He's like, "My all my life, 45 years. I said, Do you use the subways? He's like, Yeah, that's that's the transportation, that's how we get around. I said, How many people have you physically seen? Kicked in front of a train. He's like, You mean with my own eyes? With your own eyes. Like, no, never. This is my <laughs> point.
0: Same just conversation like all, with no, no, say like just like all the racism, right? Oh, it's all, racism's everywhere, racism's all around you. So, I mean, when is the last time you you have yourself heard somebody call another person the n-word mm-hmm. in a derogatory? Manner Like you would see back in, in, uh, the civil rights days, right. Where you would see them, them, uh, pictures of them getting blown down the, 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 the road with, uh, water cannons and like all these fire hoses and everything else. And, you know, people were just outright calling them, get out of here. You N word, you, you know what I mean? Right. Like, like, like vicious. Right. 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 Mm. No, I don't even know. I don't even know if I've ever in my life. I've heard I've heard my own my own people in my family behind closed doors refer to folks that way growing up, Um, you know, but I've never like experienced that out outright, you know, in public, anybody saying anything. I mean, I've I've experienced a civilized sort of upbringing, you know what I mean?
1: And it's not to say that it don't exist or didn't exist, but this is why they have to keep showing those videos from back in the 60s because they don't have anything relative today to show. But when they do, they'll they'll try to take it and twist it and turn it into what it what it what they want it to to appear to look like.
0: Well, look at, the, at the last the thing that day- just happened. Oh, look at the last thing that just happened with the with the black on black officers um, that killed that Tommy one guy. Nichols. Yeah. Yeah. Look at that. At the beginning of that whole thing, they were they were trying to frame it as racist, right? Mm-hmm. And, then they, and then they did. They said, Oh, it's reverse racism. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or, or whatever it is they tried to, to to spin it into. But I mean, it was like, dude, you're trying you're trying to tell us that we are not seeing with our own eyes what we are seeing with our own eyes. That's right. You know what I mean? And they'll
1: hide the and they'll hide it, like the California floods and everything else, they hide the truth. You know, you have you have a lot of of darker skinned human beings that are running around that think that lighter skinned human beings have done nothing for them but negative. They've never done anything for for uh, quote unquote black people. Right. And then the atrocity in that is you have an individual by the name of. of uh, uh, What's his name? Let me see. uh uh Clunder is his last name, but but um I think his Robert is his first name, Bruce. Bruce Clunder, right? Bruce Clunder. This this blew me away, and I just learned this. Bruce Clunder was a Reverend, he's Reverend Bruce Clunder, was a Presbyterian minister and civil rights activist born in Colorado, United States. He died when he was run over by a bulldozer while protesting the construction of a segregated school in Cleveland, Ohio. You know how many Ohioans have heard of this guy? None. Why? Because this was a white guy who was killed by another white guy for standing up for black people. But that is not taught. We don't know this. Why? Because it was shameful. So white people look at me when I defend black people they won't say nothing in front of the black people. They smile. But when we get into the room separate, these same white people now that were smiling, come to me, hey, man, you know, you got to make sure you look out for the white people, too. What the hell are you talking about?
0: You know, it's, it's just ugly, man. I used to, you know, they're, they're, I have a family member because I grew up. I used to always want to hang out with with, you know, what I mean, the black kids in school you know they were the ones that were pitching quarters and you know what i mean doing shooting dice and and like to me that was fun and so you know i would i was drawn to that and you know it it used to draw drive one of my family members absolutely nuts that mm-hmm. i was you know associating with 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 that and you know those types of folks and and um but at the same time you got i learned really early that just because you're hanging with them, you ain't them. And when it comes down, when it comes down to it, you're the other. And you're now the, uh, the, the outcast. Because the moment they turn on you and they decide, oh, I'm i I'm gonna steal this dude's money now, um, you know, because you're all shooting dice and there's more of them than there are of you. That's just the way it's going to be. And you have to understand that as well because there is that aspect Mm -hmm. and that you don't belong you know what i mean just because you're hanging and this is my this is just my own experience and somebody just somebody tried to tell me that that because of my experience if i'm walking down the street and i see and i and i I used you know young black men a group of them i'm probably gonna cross the street just because of my own experiences and being jumped at one point in time by a group of younger black men that, eh, you know, the, the possibility, who knows if it's real or not, but I just don't want to have to deal with it. Right. And so does that make me racist for crossing the street or does that make me cautious? Well,
1: it, okay. So let's, let's let, cause this is what I do, right? Let's break this down. Right. Okay. would, would I cross the street if it was five white people? Probably not, because these five white people are probably suits. They've probably never been in a fight in their life. And I could probably take all five of them easily. Right Mm -hmm. now, five black people. Yeah, I may cross the street. Why? Because these five black people have probably been fighting their life. Right. And they probably are poor and they probably been having to fight and, and argue and all of these things. So I would think that my confrontation level with with five black people may uh see again that's that's wrong thinking in itself too because these five black people may be suits in themselves and may may never been in a fight in their life you know if they were in a
0: suit if they were in suits
1: i probably wouldn't so right so let's break this down so now what is it? it is more of how these human beings are looking
0: right well, I mean, one looks dangerous. I mean, irregardless. Okay. So, I mean, the, some of the most dangerous people in the world wear suits, right? And, mm-hmm. and you know what I mean? And a pen. And the pen is mightier than the sword in a lot of cases. So, I guess it just comes down to perceptions, right? Perceptions and, and uh, what of, we're talking of about an experience. Experience d- determines a lot of what we do in our, in our, operating system right into the the defaults that we that we get into right we have defaults that we don't even realize that we do until we take a look back after it's already done or, or immediately after we do it we don't understand the auto the the operating system and how it just defaults to things until you really dive into it and I think that's one of those things you know when we you get beaten right if somebody beats you, and you get away from somebody that beats you and you are now informed on what that was like to have been beaten in that situation. And anything that looks sort of similar, even smells close to the same, you're like uh-uh, back up, <laughs> you know what I mean? That PTSD starts kicking in. And I think the, and then that informs your next, you know, encounter of, of anything similar to that.
1: Mm-hmm. And I don't,
0: and so I don't think, I think people get racist, uh, confused with cautious you know just being cautious self-preservation and caution you know to doing things um right we got another comment here so william gilbert said it should be common knowledge that many asians grew out of poverty in the u.s but many systems were created to keep blacks in poverty like food stamps well so here's my here's my issue when you start talking about you know, and I, I heard a thing about reparations uh, coming through at some point in California. and if you know your history, you know that every influx of of immigrant to this country was exploited to build the infrastructure of this country, right? from the irish to the asians the asians they 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 took them and they they brought them in and they they made them um uh, build the railroads they were part a huge part of the railroad construction you have the uh the irish that came in they were considered dirty you know they're white people right but they were considered dirty immigrants when they came into this country and they were used for labor and so were the italians and so on and so on and so on every influx of immigrant into this country at some generational point or or you know some point in history was used for labor so for somebody i mean if you're not even if you're not if you're not going to give the native americans reparations in in the form of cash i just think that and this is going to be controversial thing to say but I think that if anybody has any claim to reparations of any kind, I think the blacks would be not first in line, to be honest with you. I think the Native Americans and, and, you know, the atrocities that were, were you know, put on those people, they would be the ones that would be the first ones in line, you know what I mean, for that, for any kind of, of, of reparation.
1: Well, I, I mean, I, I, I'm a firm believer that black people are, are natives as well. You know, I, it's hard for me to believe that there was no black person on this continent when when these white people came and that they went and got all these millions of black people, rounded them up and, and brought them over. You're talking about a few settlers. You know, it's just that that's just that's a hard concept for me to believe. I believe that that black people were here. They were native. They were enslaved as well. And then they found that that they could go get more black people somewhere because they saw how hard they worked and how easily they were trained or, or however was going on in that time, you know, that they went and got more. And, and yeah, they probably brought uh, maybe a million or two million. You know, we don't know. Nobody really knows the truth. That's the point. We don't know yeah. the truth. All we know is what we know now and, and moving forward from there. And we know that human beings can do atrocious things to human beings when they're put in a position of power to rule over other human beings. No matter what your skin color is, we've all been through it at some point. Um, I have a comment from Elizabeth Harvey, that's my co-founder. She says, it's racist if you wouldn't do the same if it was someone of another race. And that's that's true. That's that's if if you're basing your thought process solely on the color of a person's skin, then that is the racist aspect. It doesn't matter what color you are. If I'm making a decision based upon your skin, if I'm driving down the road and I see a car and I see it pulled off on the side of the road and it needs help, it's got the hood up, but I can't see who the occupant of the, the car is. But in my mind, I say, you know what? I got a couple minutes. Let me pull over and see if this person needs help. And then as I'm pulling up, I see it's a black person. And I said, ah, let, let me keep going. Right? You just made a racist decision. Now, what was that racist decision rooted in? What it, was it rooted in stigma and fear, like you say? Because now you look at this person, you say, oh, he's got long dreads and gold teeth. And this is what I see on the news day in and day out. So let me keep going because this looks like trouble. So is that, is that racist in its aspect? Yes, it is, but it's still stigmatic, unconscious racism that we all have. This is why I'm trying to really get away from referring to you as a white person and me as a, a, a person, as a black person, because that gets the division. When I call you black and me white, that automatically separates us and puts competition in between us.
0: Go ahead, my bad. Oh no 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 no! I'm I'm just I'm I'm listening. But I was wondering is that was that in in response to to my analogy of seeing seeing you know five black people and you know five people whatever five young people. If you put it that way, I I don't think I I don't I think if it was if it was young people in general, you know what I mean. What it doesn't matter what color they are. I still would because you know how young people are, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it also depends on how many people are around, you know what I mean? Because when there's a lot of people around, then there's no, okay, there's plenty of, there's plenty of witnesses here. The, the likeliness of something going down decreases dramatically. Right. And so there's all these variables that come in and these are like, you know, split decisions that you have to make. Now, like I said before, if it was, I don't think it's the color of your skin, because if it was five people, five um, you know, black folks in suits, that wouldn't be a problem, right? Anybody wearing a suit wouldn't be a problem because they seem respectable. And I would even if there was I would not I would feel more comfortable even if there was nobody on the street in that situation, hmm. right? <laughs> You're like, okay, the likeliest of me could get my ass kicked by a couple of you know, five guys in a suit. And yeah, not likely, you know what I mean? Could happen, but probably not. So I don't know. I just don't think it's racist. I just think it's cautious. You know, people are just being cautious. You know, you don't it's self-preservation. I don't want to get my ass kicked. You know what I mean? I, I, not that I couldn't defend myself, but I, why? I don't want to have to. You know what I mean? I don't want to have to defend myself.
1: Well, of course, of course not. This is why. This is why you'd rather go rob a bank with no gun owners than rob a bank with gun owners because you don't want to get hurt. You just want to get some money, you know. So it's <laughs> easier to do option A than it is B. And it's that's the same premise. This is why racism is taught. This is why, uh, again, going back to the NFL, the NFL is a perfect example of of a racist undertone right? How they teach racism. So they'll have end racism all over everybody's Jersey and all over the stadium everywhere, but yet they'll create the controversy of two, the first two black quarterbacks facing off in a Super Bowl. So it's, it's understanding that even bringing it up in the context is what creates it. And so when we're, when we're, when we're teaching our children to go out and be weary of, of racism, it's everywhere out there then what is that child doing? Now it's going out looking for this thing that you're calling dangerous and saying that it's everywhere. And now, so I don't know what the hell it is. I'm going to go home. Mommy, I I think I was, I saw racism today. And then mommy's (laughs) going to fly off the hinge, go down to the school, raising hell everywhere, embarrassing the child.
0: What did it look like? But I mean, now, could it be possible that racism is just a disguise for classism
1: I I absolutely believe so because again I think something was created in a time that it was not understood it was something that that was just now coming in because because I, I really think that we're in the dawn of humanity on this planet for whatever reason some catastrophe or something happened that wiped out humanity. And now we're just starting to grow again. And we're, we're learning all of this crap. So as your trade routes back in the day started to advance, you started coming into cultures, right? You started coming into cultures that you've never seen before. So it's unexplained. And then, and then, you know, back in the 1200s, 1300s, when when all of these civilizations and cultures started to, to intermix with each other, you had these these global economists at that time, these global uh, minds, I guess, right? That that started to put human beings in a box by labeling us as well. These lighter-skinned individuals, we'll call them white. These darker individuals, we'll call them black. Now, these lighter individuals, they're fully capable of civilizing, creating communities, and living amongst one another. But these darker individuals, they're just savages. They're incapable of of civilization. And and they're just savage life. They're only good for this one thing. And that became the common thinking. So at the root, it's classism because the rich people don't want to work. They need slaves. And who else to enslave is the easier people who really don't understand what's going on to them. They have no knowledge of of anything other than their, their little savage lives let's just enslave them
0: uh, hell they go out and, and fighting yeah if we keep and if we keep y'all fighting amongst each other you're not going to pay attention to the fact that we're we're the ones that are are you know all the marionettes playing you know making the making the scene happen you know what I mean? You guys are too busy fighting amongst yourselves, uh, you know, busy with your your children, busy with your families, with PTA, with the you know, after school. and You know what I mean? And it, it, it just, they just find more things to keep you busy and occupied that you're not paying attention to the fact that the middle class is shrinking, right? The folks that used to have to be the backbone of, of an economy is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. We're heading into another, another, another event another catastrophe uh you know what i mean as far as you know recession depression you know we've had a bunch of recessions up to this point but we haven't had a depression in how long and Hmm. so all of the signs there are 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 Again, no, that's all fear con- con- They're they're all concerning. Well, I mean, fear mongering, yeah. But I mean, what do you, what are you going to do if there's a run on the banks? What are you going to do if you know what I mean? We do end up in a, in a recession, and like the last time it happened, you know how many how uh, long were people Stop out of work? the
1: banks. Stop no, how long? How long are people
0: are... out of work? But and if you're not, and if you can't afford to pay for stuff, then what do you do?
1: Stop do you do it? Do you go into stop, default
0: on everything? No, and... just
1: stop using their system. Why can't you? Why can't I come to you, Sean, and say, Sean, listen, I need gear parts for my car, and you just happen to have this the, the the machinery to make these gear parts, and I and I and I do something for you that you need, right? Or I have. So it's why can't we as as get into some sort of bartership, where we all can produce our own whatever it is for each other why is it that we have to use because all these banks all of this stuff is just middlemen right or they're creating you know uh they're creating opportunities that
0: we ourselves could create well we don't have a i agree with you i think that bartering for services that you know aren't don't need to be tied into that system like your insurance your you know whatever it is it's you, your mortgage or all that stuff i mean you can't barter that away right but there are services that you can barter you can haircuts you can you know uh taxes uh, you know other thing. there's other services out there that you could barter away i think that's a good idea but there's no infrastructure in place for that and then that's going to require cooperation right that's going to require us shrinking down our communities to more local based stuff and having to, you know, cooperate with people Hmm. that's going to require leaving your home. That's going to require going out and having to get to know your neighbor. That's going to require, you know what I mean? All of these things that we haven't done in a long time. And, Hmm. you know, it has been, we've been separated from what it is from the pioneers that we used to be when we came across this country you know what I mean? Settling, you know, from the East and, you know, we lost a lot of those ways, you know, some of it is growing your own food and preserving your food, right? They didn't have ice boxes back in the day. They didn't have, you know, well, they did have ice boxes, but they were literal ice boxes, you know, boxes that had ice in it. And. and if you, you weren't getting that down, down South, I promise you. And so, you know, like, I remember my grandmother used to have, you know, mason jars full of food, you know what I mean? That she had grown and canned and preserved and she came out of the great depression where, you know, there was food scarcity at, at some point, you know what I mean? That, you know, there were no jobs and people were you know, starving to death and dying in the streets that didn't have anything. I mean, that was not that long ago, you know, a hundred years in a, in a, in one of our lifetimes is what, about 80 the average lifetime. So like one person ago, this was happening, you know, that's not that long. <clears throat> so you have to be prepared. And the only way to prepare for that is to learn some of those ways. You know, we don't know what's happening. You got all these, you know, and, and, Settling stuff, you know, it could be another world war here at some point. Who knows? I mean, but if you're following all this stuff, there's all these these people yelling,
1: yelling from the Federal Reserve can come out and and throw uh, an inflation rate out there that that could crush this economy. She could do that Monday morning. Everything can change on a dime because we have we have allowed ourselves to get into a position where we are totally dependent on these corrupt officials. They feed us. Our, our electricity, because we've become so accustomed to our lifestyle, our house, our air conditioning, our cars, our tablets, our things, everything that they give us to brainwash us, as you just said, we've lost survival skills. We don't have survival skills. So our survival skills is reliant on a government who doesn't care about us. They only want us
0: to work. Mm-hmm. And then to to control the inflation, right, well, let's just raise the rates, right? Mm -hmm. And so they're continuing to do that, and that's how they they stop it. And in order to stop it, they have to cause a recession. They have to cause, you know, and sometimes we're able to withstand it, but I don't think this time is going to be as easy you know and i fuck i work and then and then ai too like look at all the stuff that you know ai is going to replace a whole lot of back-end systems for businesses that you don't need like accounting and and some of Mm -hmm. these other things and luckily yep luckily i'm in a a trade so i mean it's not going to be able it's not going to affect me as much but i mean if there's no commercial if there's so much commercial property available because ai has removed so many people so now you don't need as much space in your offices commercial buildings are going to be you know what i mean they're not going to need to build a whole bunch more unless it's companies like you know uh, pharma companies um, you know stuff like that But a lot of that, they'll just retool existing buildings and, you know, like tenant improvements and they'll buy whatever they need to do there. So I don't know, man, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see how all of this sort of shakes out.
1: Absolutely. And and to get back into I know we kind of went into a rabbit hole, but I mean, really, that rabbit hole is still engulfed the the whole point of centralized banking and, and the control effect because that's. What we were getting into was the effects of what control does. So when we're talking about centralized banking and now in getting into the crypto aspect of it, that's that's what it is, is. They want to control what it is that people are doing. I just saw a TikTok, and then um to, to kind of wrap this up. But I just saw a TikTok that uh, you had these officials. I I I I stitched it, but you had these officials up here now talking about TikTok. And how it's a national security, right? TikTok's a national security because over a hundred million Americans are spending upwards of ninety minutes a day on TikTok, and that's a national security. And my question is why? Why is Americans doing what they want to do a national security? Because that ninety minutes a day for those hundred millions of Americans is re- is is resulting in what loss of work, and that. Is a national security because we're sending billions of dollars overseas, and we have we need you to work and not be on TikTok. We have to pay this bill to Ukraine, so now they they want to ban TikTok or or try to limit the access because you have a hundred million Americans, you know, spending ninety minutes a day on TikTok doing what we want to do, enjoying ourselves, whatever it is.
0: Or, or could it be that the social media companies here already can't compete with the algorithm of TikTok because it's so good, and all of the advertising dollars are going from these corporate companies to TikTok now and not to Facebook or Twitter or um, Instagram, you know, the the big ones and adam curry who is the original pod father right so he's the original podcaster the one that created the rss feed that makes podcasting um a thing even possible right he that's his perspective and he said that in, in on Joe Rogan that that's what he believes that they can't compete, they're losing all of this money. They already have a relationship with the government because they go to Capitol Hill all the time for you know these things that they got a you know Senate hearing and inquiry here or this or that. They're already doing the government's dirty work for them, as we see in the Twitter files. That Twitter was in bed before Elon Musk came. That Twitter was in bed with the government. And they had a backdoor channel to them and said, hey, we don't like what this person is saying. Get them off the platform. And they would do it, which is illegal, which is, you know, you're not that's that censorship. That's, uh, you know, your, your First Amendment rights. It's, you know, your freedom of speech. They're not supposed to do that as a government, but they can do it as a as a by proxy, you know, using uh, uh, the platforms. So if they were doing it, then the other ones were doing it as well. And so they had this relationship with them. So that's why it's happening. Absolutely. I believe that. And 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 at the end of the day,
1: TikTok is owned by a company called ByteDance, which is, uh, I know uh, uh, several years ago, ByteDance was under fire for being uh, a mask, a front for the CCP, the China Communist Party. So... You know, there's a lot of fear in the fact that the Chinese Communist Party potentially could be infiltrating Americans through this TikTok. And this is what TikTok was
0: essentially designed for. I think all of I think all of it can be true at the same time. Amen. It's you know what true. I mean? I think it, it all could be possible.
1: They're all communists, every last one of them, man. But going going back to to the original top, at the end of the day. You can only allow yourself to be controlled if you're unaware. If we're using this social media, that's why I said, I don't really mind being marketed to the way that I, I am because I know that I am. And it does make life a little bit easier if you understand it. This is just a tool to make your life easier. It's not, it's not something that for you to be using unconsciously. You know, have consciousness in everything that you do. Know what it is that you're doing. Know why you're doing it. All my social media platform is specifically to bring awareness to who I am and what I do. I don't get on here to to feel good. You know what I mean? I don't look to Facebook to brighten my mood. I do that myself. you
0: know uh, yeah i don't look for sunshine and rainbows over on 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 these places it's kind of much like the opposite i got a i got a sword and a shield and a and a you know what i mean hopefully a, a good night of sleep so i don't i don't allow them comments to permeate my uh my uh, uh whatever you know what i mean my my mental health Cause it will, man. I, I, I dove when I came down there, when I came down to visit you and I was on uh on one of those shows, man, I got into the comments and it fucking, it fucked with me for a little while. And so now I'm just like, you know what? Now I know why Joe Rogan says, don't, don't go there. Just stay out of there. There's no reason yeah, you don't absolutely. need to know what other people have to say. And Especially it's, if and it, it's about you.
1: <laughs> and it's okay. It, it, you know, it's just knowing when it comes to self, knowing your tolerable level. I have triggers, no question. And sometimes I allow myself to to get into a a, a situation where uh, these triggers will affect me. But as soon as I start realizing that, I get myself out of that position because I know that once I get to a certain point, I'm uncontrollable. So I don't even allow myself to get into that point. I know my triggers and I try to stay away from them as much as I possibly can. Other people's comments for me, don't really trigger me anymore because I understand good or bad. If a person comes to me and tells me how great something was, I'm trying to make it within me where it has zero effect on me. Just like if somebody comes and tells me my show is bad, it's just their perception. It's just their perception based upon their reality. And if I'm going walking through life every day, Listening to the person who comes and tells me I'm a hero and I'm, oh, man, yeah, I'm a hero. That's great. I love hearing that. And then somebody comes and tells me, oh, man, you're a loser. And then I let that affect me. I'm on a roller coaster every day, up and down, up and down. And I'm exhausted by the end of the day. I have no mental capacity for myself. Mm-hmm. So now when somebody comes and gives me a compliment, thank you for your opinion. I appreciate that. And I give them that same when they come in and tell me something negative. Thank you, I appreciate that. Because it's just their perception. So when I have people telling me, Sean, about flat earth versus round earth, okay, great. Don't care. (laughs) What does that have to do with how you treat me on a daily basis? Because if the world is flat, does that mean you're gonna be nice to me now? No, right? Does that mean that the police are gonna stop beating me to death on the street? No. Drugs are gonna go away? No, nothing changes. The world is just flat. So it's the same context. When you come and you talk to me about this government or Putin launching nuclear weapons or us going to World War III, China prepping up, all of this stuff, I don't care. Because at the end of the day, I still have to get up, put on my pants, go out here, produce something, be nice to people, maybe help somebody. None of that affects me. Don't care. Could care less. To me, I'm coming to a point to where I am the creator of my reality. I don't create Putin with with nuclear weapons. It's not in my reality. Don't care. Doesn't mean it doesn't exist. But until I look up in the sky and see this thing coming at me,
0: <laughs> nothing <laughs> changes. And even if you did see that, that it was coming at you, there's nothing you can do at that point to, to well, change no. the outcome. No. But
1: what changes? I don't go to work. I may try to jack off or something in that quick moment. You know what I mean? I may try to do, <laughs> but that's what changes. Yeah, yeah. My reality changes when I look up in the sky and I see this missile coming. Okay. So, what was important this morning is not important anymore.
0: No, absolutely. And I think that's, I mean, that's, uh, I mean, that's what it should boil down to. You know what I mean? Put it's whatever, whatever you want to grow, feed that. You Amen. know what I mean? And so it's uh, there was a there was a saying in the whole story that goes along with that, but we gotta wrap this up. Yeah. my daughter woke up and she's ready for she's ready to eat.
1: Okay, daddy, you've had enough of your show. I'm the ruler of the house. It's time for me now. Yep, yep. That's the attitude to, she's
0: got. <laughs> I, gotta, I, gotta, I gotta take her to to uh, the Girl Scouts this morning. So uh, before Great conversation again, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Hey, tell everybody where they can find you.
1: So, yeah, again, this is Thomas Free Me. You could just uh, search Thomas Free Me as one word, free me. Um, all my platforms come up. But, yeah, we're trying to do this on a, every Saturday morning, man. Just get up and, and chop it up. Uh, you can really uh, help me out if you're interested in who I am by going to www.cominghomecoalition.com. We actually have a raffle going at the end of the month. So please sign up. You don't have to be from the Tampa Bay area to sign up to support the homeless. That's what our program is. But we are giving away Tampa Bay Rays tickets. And if we sell enough tickets, I think we're going to build a tier structure. So if we get up to so many tickets, we got a. I have a package here that was donated from Wawa. Whoever knows Wawa on their shirts and cups and stuff in here, we sell more. I got a PlayStation five game to give away a digital game. Um, so if, if we sell more than that, then, then we have actually soccer tickets that we'll throw in the package. So we're going to have a raffle March 25th for that. And you can check that out at cominghomecoalition.com.
0: All right, sweet. And then you can find me at SeanDustin.com. All the platforms I'm on, all the videos, everything is uh, right there for you. And uh, yeah, until next time. Uh, Keep it 100. Stay true to yourself. Everything else is just noise. William Gilbert, thank you for uh, coming and hanging with us. And anybody else, if you're on YouTube or any of the other uh, platforms like Facebook, uh, hit that like, subscribe, all the stuff that you need to do uh, to help us uh, grow this, what we're trying to do. And uh, yeah,
1: Hey, man, man, I thought we had a great conversation. I don't know why people wouldn't want to join in and, and chime in for these things, but that's what we need. It's what helps us grow, you know? So
0: love you guys. Ex- examples of how to communicate in a way that even if you don't have the same perspectives or even if you don't 100% agree with, with something that somebody else is saying, you should at least have the have the decency to hear what they have to say. You know what I mean? And And know that it's just another person. Your, their, their perspective doesn't doesn't is, doesn't affect you in any way unless you let it
1: unless you let it in, man.
0: <laughs> All right, man. until next time people see you later. We out.